0: I wish there was a way to put uh, a map in our locations because we could be anywhere. I'm in San Francisco, you're in Atlanta, but I wish there, there need, I wonder if there'd be cool or if there is cool streaming software like this that lets you overlay
1: um, pictures. Yeah. Doesn't Zoom let you do a, a backdrop? They might. I don't know. I mean, the setups that so many people have when they're doing these things is insane. Even when I walk around the office here, it's like people have like the microphone, the like, screen, they've got the big headphones, like special cameras. I mean, there's like six offices here with like straight up podcasting. Actually, one of the big, like a huge podcast, is three doors down from me. The um, these guys, Tenderfoot TV or something. Yeah, but their studio's not here. I think their studio's downstairs at seven. Yeah.
0: Well, it's true. The the bigger your headphones, the bigger your audience. <laughs> Just look at Rogan's
1: headphones. Yeah,
0: yeah, you you like two followers. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, we're the only people watching. Yeah, I mean Wired. What is this? <laughs> well, we'll be full on Rogan style. Yeah. Close.
0: Uh, yeah. In three months' time, Bernie Sanders will join us. Well, give him a whole interview, and we'll so, say no to Warren. I I did. Th- I, I was talking to this guy this morning, uh, Rick, and I, it'd be hilarious if someone like him came on, and we talked about peel back the cover of PR. What a joke it is. Yeah. It that. was really funny. We were talking about different stories. Yeah, we got a Rick, Rick on the whatever we're calling this, the show here. Breaking the bottle.
1: <laughs> on Our the title. <laughs> i
0: title. I've got one. Bottled up. Bottled up.
1: Or just bottled. But <laughs> playing for keeps.
0: That is a great, really good
1: what a great podcast name for a company focused on churn. Or refill. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll refill the one. bottle.
0: Like bottle it. refills. Free refills. Free refills. Okay. <laughs>
1: That's the new name. I, <laughs> I like it better than breaking the bottle. I do too. All, all right, right. Free refills. Free, free, free refills working title here. Uh, Episode today. two
0: starting now. Yeah. So what I was about to tell you before then we said, all right, we should hit record. Um, the, what made Rage Till famous back in the day was uh, the site where you went on and you clicked next and next and next and it just gave you a random website. What was that called? Garrett Camp started it. I don't who went on that. to do Uber?
1: Yeah.
0: And it wasn't it's obviously not Stack Overflow, but the name reminds me yeah. I got to Google it now. Uh, Garrett Camp.: Let's see what he started.
1: Um, stumble upon. Oh, right. Do you remember stumble course, upon Yeah, of course. He sold Stumble. that for like a ton of money, right?
0: Yeah, I think he did. And then he went and started Uber and then he bought it back. Yeah. He, I think he owns it again. Anyway, anyone who had checked music as an interest on StumbleUpon started seeing Rage Chill, and it got upvotes, I guess, because it was a quirky, weird music site and that's what people loved.
1: Why don't you explain it. what RageChill was really
0: quickly? Rage Chill was the coolest app in the world. <laughs> Instant fame, it was a little app where you slid a bar from rage to chill. And based on where you were on the spectrum, 90% rage, 10% chill, whatever, it would play music accordingly. It started as a tiny side project with me and a fraternity brother. The summer of 2012, it started getting attention on StumbleUpon we had a cheeky error message on internet explorer because I couldn't figure out how to get music to play on internet explorer. And the error message on internet explorer went viral. And we were the number one story on Reddit for like on two or three different occasions, Um, had an article on Mashable written all this stuff, but it all started with stumble upon. So at one point, at one point Rachel was playing a million songs a day. 50,000 daily active users whole thing we were losing thousands of dollars a month cuz we weren't paying royalties and we were scared to monetize didn't know where to take it from there that's beside the point stumble upon was what led <laughs> led to all this growth and it's a, i just i think it's a really cool concept of in the quirky web how do you discover interesting content and this morning when i was talking to rick the pr guy i brought up a few articles on personal blogs that I've read from people like Paul Graham or Mark Andreessen or um, Paul Bukite, just random people in the tech world that he hadn't heard of and Hmm. didn't know. And I was thinking to myself, how cool would it be if there was a stumble upon again, but focused only on blog posts that people said had a big impact on them. So you could find, because how else do you discover and find quirky blog posts written on personal blogs? So I think it would be really cool to try to curate a list of blogs. I think the role would be posted on the author's personal blog. This can't link to Facebook. It can't be a news article or an an opinion piece. This has to be a blog post. And once curated, could you build a service where you click a button and say, I want to see the next one or I want to see the next one. Or we could do something over bottle where you could subscribe and get a new blog post texted to you every morning. Oh, that's cool. And if you wanted, if you just couldn't wait, you were so hungry for the next, you could maybe text in and say, send me another Yeah. or another, and it would text you another blog post.
1: It reminds me of Smitten Kitchen on her site. And this is one of the few blogs where I've seen this has a button called surprise me. Yeah.
0: and it just auto
1: generates like a new post. Yeah. And when we were trying, we did a Smitten Kitchen cookbook club with our group of friends here. And when we were trying to pick like what we wanted, we just kind of, we like probably a hip surprised me probably like 60 times. But what a fun experience if you're trying to figure out like, what should I make for dinner? At night. 100%. Especially if you have this. I've used that on, on her site. That's great. Yeah. It's funny.
0: It's, a, it's, it's a, got a great blog. Oh, one of the best. This is a short story long to ask you are there blog posts I haven't answered this question but are there blog posts that you think about often or that have stuck with you Hmm. that you would want to share as you would suggest to be a part of this to send to other people?
1: I think there are it's not like there's one that hits me hard right at this moment. Um, although as I'm thinking about it, I'm just thinking relevancy, right? Or like recent bias. Uh, the I sell onions on the internet blog post. Oh yeah, on, the Vidalia I, onion guy. Yeah, I was on his, he's, fr- he's an Atlanta guy, yeah. who, I'd, who I'd really like to meet at some point. I, we have some mutual connections, but I haven't met him. Um, I was on both his personal site and his, um, his company site, which is basically his company, just buys really interesting domains and then either converts them to businesses or sells them. Yeah. Um, and I was on, I, I read one, a couple of his articles today, but I really like that article. Uh, I, I would put that I'm going to write that down. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, remember reading that too. It's, it is
0: entertaining. That's it, a great one.
1: Yeah, it's also, I think part of it, part of the interesting thing is like, could you come up, with a cool way to index and tag other people's blog posts so that you're organizing information in a way where it's like by theme. So if I want to read like, and maybe it just starts with, you know, tech or whatever food are two interesting ones, blogs, but, um, could you, you know, create a hierarchy and a taxonomy of information so that, you know i want cooking boom it's like 101 cookbooks and then smitten the kitchen uh, obviously getting way over skis here but
0: just yeah because well, I, so I don't want
1: to overpromise either though right.
0: on the taxonomy right i think you, even if you started in some sort of i want a whimsical i want entertaining or i want thought-provoking obviously there's kurt vonnegut if he had a blog would do both right in my mind so, yeah. But they, they, you know, there's
1: funny, there's funny stuff, and then there's and why limit it either? Like I think there's something to be said about just all all areas of life coming. Mm-hmm. Could I could tell you like my favorite Smitten blog post, and I think that's just as valid. Oh, right. You know, it doesn't have to just be like these amazing essays by Paul Graham.
0: Right, and what you couldn't pollute it with all of his, because then you're just right. sending everyone Paul, Paul Graham essays. From qua- I mean, from quality and quantity standpoint, I don't know of another blog collection that's that prolific. No. Especially I mean, in our world. Yeah. To
1: have what,
0: almost 100 it seems like.
1: Yeah. But it's just because they're all thought-provoking. And he probably writes what, like four a year, do you think?
0: He's ramped more. it back up. Yeah. he's re- He released another one the other
1: day. I haven't the, read it yet. The but. new? Yeah, being a noob—it's good. It's good. I recommend it. The main point, which was interesting, is like our brains are adverse to being a noob, right? There was danger in being a noob at some point. It's a somewhat slightly negative term, but being a noob allows you to experience new things and understand things and and expose yourself to vulnerability, and that's a good thing. Yeah. It's good post. I like that much. And what's interesting about it is the way he wrote it. And I don't know if he does this for all of his posts, but it felt very personal, um, while still being pretty analytical. Mm-hmm. So there was like a personal story arc, but then also it had like some relevance.
0: With it. that's the best writing, I think. I'm trying to phrase this properly. Maybe this I should write on my personal blog about this but great ideas are abstractions but great stories are particulars you know you wouldn't say if you're trying to paint a picture you wouldn't say um what's you you wouldn't abstract away and be and be like people that ride the train are in a rush you would tell the story of Jane who's scrambling to make the train. Right. And so like, then you extrapolate. I think so many, I think this is the brilliance of great writing. It's how do you express things that people can clearly extrapolate upward into abstractions that they see everywhere, but they learn it through a particular instance. In programming language, Ideas are classes, (laughs) right? Stories are instances of that
1: class. Right. Stories are are, they're a sub stack of the hierarchy of ideas in a lot of ways. Yeah,
0: yeah, like in program, you write a class, it's generic and then you allocate an instance of that class. And you say, okay, like I might have a class that represents a cup. And then we say, okay, we need a cup now. So we're going to instantiate a cup. Right. That would be the story. But then we see cups everywhere. This is really stupid.
1: We're getting bogged down (laughs) in metaphysics. (laughs) Um, Back back to the second breakfast post. Yeah. So is the goal to ask people if they'd be interested in that or are you going to Send. I'm going to announce it like this is a done deal.
0: Like I'm curating and I'm curious to see how many people send back an essay. I have one. Mine is Paul Bukite's I am nothing. Never read it. I've definitely sent it to you. It's the one about uh, not having an identity, keeping your identity small. Maybe that's the name of it. And it's like, I don't, I'm not a programmer because... I don't need to be ranked against programmers. I might think I'm bad or good and not push, you know, why give myself that label? I am, so I am nothing is the ultimate identity goal. That has really stuck with me. The interesting thing about that mindset is, is I used to view identity as a negative, pure negative. Right. That if you, why attach yourself to an identity? And part of that I think was growing up in the South and me not liking the identity of being a Southerner. Right. And so why choose that? I can just choose to be nothing in the middle. I'm a middle child, whole thing. I like being nebulous, (laughs) but after reading, I mean, James Clear and atomic habits, which I read recently brought up a good point that you can use identity to your advantage. If you, a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm not smart. So I can't learn that. That was my previous perception of the harm that identity has. Right. Well, you could use that in the reverse and say, well, I'm smart. And what would a smart person do? And to push yourself to go, or a better example, intelligence is tough, but a better example is, I'm disciplined. I'm a disciplined person. Right. What would a disciplined person do? And so, if you can change your identity in a way that will then change your behavior, then that's a positive. And that's the point of "I am nothing." Yeah, it's be the opposite point. I think Paul Buchheit would argue, you don't want to say you're di- you're you're not right. disciplined. You're not not disciplined. You're nothing. You're neither. Okay. So I,
1: I, getting on. So I actually like his point of view. James's um, or Paul's? Paul's yeah I do too. Yeah. Uh, and I think it aligns actually really interesting with this concept that I've been wrestling with, which is this idea of um, what Sam Harris talks about a lot in the waking up app is, is having no head, uh, this idea that you actually don't have a head uh, and, and that's a really um, esoteric concept. It's hard to understand, but basically means that there is you are you are not dualistic there is not a you know thinker within your mind, you are just will, right? The same, like, you're not generating the thoughts, the thoughts are just consciousness, right? Like you, and the idea that there's an executive behind your thoughts is flawed. And that's a much more metaphysical way of approaching the I am nothing, right? Mm -hmm. It's extinguishing this, what the Buddhists call like small self. And so Mm -hmm. big self is a, is. And I'm still wrestling with this, so I think it's a really hard concept. Uh, But big self is more of like a a non dualistic way of thinking, right? That everything is just consciousness. And if everything is consciousness, then there is no subject-object relationship. And the application of that, I think, is something similar to what uh, the blog post you're talking about is like, to the best of your ability, if you can limit identity, it will limit pain for you.
0: That's my... I agree with that. I mean, that reading it gave, gave life to a lot of what I had been feeling, which is why it struck me hmm. that I had, and this happens all the time, that somebody labels or so clearly writes something that you've been feeling and you haven't been able to express. That was the case for that essay. It's understanding I never liked being wrapped up in, school spirit right or being a Vanderbilt fan that always seems silly to me right because that's a form of identity and I always felt stuck between different groups of people and like how do you conform or associate yourself with one group or another so it's really freeing in that regard
1: it's the also one freeing, sorry to interrupt you it's also yeah. freeing when it comes to building a company
0: yeah what well, lets you I mean, and even us trying to be more public, right? It's like, if we don't, if I don't hold myself to some standard of, oh, I'm a successful founder, then it doesn't matter if nobody watches this. There's no failure to be had, right? Um, Because I am nothing, right?
1: I was already nothing. Everything's irrelevant. And I think the problem is in the English language, at least in Modern times, nothing in my in my mind is like, is that it a, has, a, I think, a negative connotation that being in nothing is bad. But you could also say, this is super kind of philo- philosophical, but like you could also say I am everything. And I think it's actually the same thing.
0: Yeah, well, that just reminds me of the Hitchens quote of if you can, this is probably true in all domains, but if everyone loves you, then you don't stand for anything. You're nothing. It's this criticism of Bill Clinton. But you can't you can't be everybody's friend. Ultimately that 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 means something else. That you can't be everything, you're nothing. Which is or if
1: you're everything, you're nothing. Type of mentality. Is Also is, both of those are it's putting both of those everything and nothing then become this negative connotation, I guess is my point. And I think the point is being nothing is actually a good thing because you're not attached
0: to your identity. Mm-hmm. The one thing that, that's what I was about to say. The one thing that scares me about what you said, cause I agree with it all, but the don't be hurt part is like, am I, when you said if you're nothing or you don't if, just try to keep language clear, if you have a small or no identity, then nothing can hurt you. Is that a bad reason? Is that a cop out, right? Is that selfish? Just to be like, Oh, well, I don't want to be hurt. So I am not going to put myself into these identities. Whereas instead, if you're, you're like, you know what? I'm open to being hurt, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, I'm going to view myself through this lens. And if I get hurt, that's part of living. Am I being scared? Right. If then, right. Or is that not the reason why I'm attracted to no identities? I don't think I have the answer to that, but that is, that scared me a little bit. I think it's okay
1: to say this might feel uncomfortable or it might hurt me or I may not like it, but that's just an experience. Mm-hmm. I struggle with this idea of no identity and, and being a productive person in the world right but i actually think it when i step take a further step back i think it makes you more it makes you much more productive because you're willing to do things that don't aren't guided necessarily like by being guided by fear Hmm. I Sam think if you have nothing to lose, it's almost like you have nothing to lose. You could add I'm nothing, but you have nothing to lose because you're not attached to a certain identity. Exactly. But things matter to you, yeah. so it's hard. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I struggle to, to live that. This is something I've been working on for, like, the last two months, So, and I wrestle with it a lot. Yeah. It's pretty mind-bending. Maybe Sam Harris will come on next week and we can talk yeah. to him Sam, about it. Yeah,
0: Sam's next week's guest, Sam Harris. <laughs>
1: he'll <laughs> also like the theory I, of the mind yeah well spend 15 yeah. minutes talking about consciousness and sam harris and all the problems will be solved okay. meditation that guy charges for everything by the way sam harris separately yeah
0: i mean well he has started his podcast used to be free and now yeah. you can only listen to an hour
1: not even that sometimes one this week was 30 minutes i think it's um
0: Based MacArthur on. told me this joke years ago that there was this guy advertising all over YouTube. I can't remember his name, but everywhere. And he said, I looked up his stuff on torrent sites, and you couldn't download anything by this guy. He was selling some course or a book. Right, right. It's like nothing was torrentable. And if your stuff isn't even worth stealing, it's not worth buying. Yeah. Like no one had taken the time to put it on a torrent site. Right? Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: bet Sam Harris's stuff is on pirates bay. Though. I bet it is. Yeah. I bet it's all over it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean like a lot of people myself included aren't comfortable going to torrent sites necessarily.
0: Oh, I'm not either. Yeah, yeah I'd rather I'd rather pay for it.
1: It feels wrong. like I feel like bad. It makes me feel bad. Especially because Sam says you can email him. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's like, if you can't afford it, just email Email me.
0: And I'll give you access, yeah. I think it's really smart of him so that he can't be canceled. Right. By these platforms, whether YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. They can cancel you. Just cancel your account.
1: The whole Rogan-Bernie thing, not to go down a political path here, but it's just so fascinating. We can table that, but I'm just... It's such an unbelievable twist to your initial point, which I don't think we caught at the beginning. This is all news, you know, manipulated in some respect. What's spin? What's true? It's like, I mean, it's just insane to watch the media react and characterize Rogan. I've listened to a lot of Rogan. Like, what they're saying about him, I'm sure he said these things, but he is a pretty open dude. Like, just he just speaks his mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately, we're,
0: the friction is so hot, I think, in the transition of this new world, I'm surprised the blowback hasn't been even higher now that I've reflected on it, and not just Rogan, but everybody, that right. you have all these massive personalities that are theoretically really open about their lives and their opinions, and it's at complete odds with the old way that the media worked, and it was very centralized, very edited, And so people make a ton of mistakes now in public time and I'm surprised there people haven't been held even more accountable to be honest of things that they've said or done in the past. It seems to be that you can change your mind on stuff and moving forward, people seem pretty okay with it. Um, If we're not like every, like Joe Rogan is the small example. He, you, if, Everybody learned to everything Joe Rogan believed. There's things you would disagree with, probably intensely, but everyone has that in their own family. It's like the crazy Uncle John. You still love him, but he thinks that you know the Clintons yeah. are aliens or whatever. Right. Like, you know, you're like, well, that's crazy, but I like what you have to say about Alabama football. Right. <laughs> so exactly. we, we agree there. Yeah. Uh, God bless, David. Yeah. And I think the blowback is fake. It's, it's all, like the media is like, oh, there's blowback. Well, did you really see the blowback? Or are they just saying there was blowback and now you're mad that there was
1: blowback and it was five people that were pissed off online. I asked Meredith this morning like, what her favorite social network was. And she said, Instagram. And I said, why not Twitter? And she said, because that's where everyone goes to complain. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I said, then what's Instagram? And she said, that's where everyone goes to brag. Yeah, yeah. I can't stand Instagram.
0: Very polished. Yeah. Although I, I feel like all these new age influencers are trying hard to be not polished. Then there's a whole irony there, right? <laughs> that you, it's like the Boris Johnson of Instagram, where you. <laughs> Don't brush your teeth and have have a crooked smile. People love you. Right. Got to be authentic. Got to be authentic. That guy, I was talking about that with Rick this morning. Like, how do you, there's, it's like two levels of irony, I think, with Boris. Every, people say, oh, he says what he means. It's like the Trump thing, right? Like, oh, he speaks his mind. He says what he means. Um, at the same time, you see him walk outside and ruffle his own hair on purpose, and forget his own lines. And there's that story that we've talked about of him coming out of that conference and forgetting where he was, and to like massive laughs of the audience. And he, it's it's like his shtick, yeah. These things, and so, so it's, everyone, not it's not authentic because he's not authentic. Right. Like there's a wink to the camera. There's a David Brent effect of. I know what's going on. You and I know that I'm not being authentic, but it looks authentic. But also you're the one that I'm being authentic to. So there's this whole, it's this whole circular fascinating. Uh, like, like what's an life. act and what's real, right? I and mean, that's, I think that's the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and people it comes are... across is more authentic than the Pete Buddha judges or Mitt Romneys right. that are buttoned up and, like, clear things with their attorney.
1: But is it? Or just have, like, they have a framework, right? Like, judge like, he has his framework, and he's on point, and he's always on his talking points. Yeah. It just seems slick. Right. It seems it seems tailored, mm-hmm. you know, for a certain way of presenting yourself. Yeah. Which, historically, was, like, how people wanted to see things. It's so interesting that... Starting with Trump, it's just a massively unorthodox way of communicating and presenting yourself. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel, let's pivot.
0: <laughs> Wait, because we could talk about this forever. Yeah. Uh, we bring it back to bottle, talk about our challenges, our problems. Yeah. So are we starting? Now? I'm starting now. All right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we don't even need to <laughs> cut this out. It just uh,
1: uh, I, you know. well, what um, what what are some of the things? I guess so. Last week we talked about this idea of content, right? And mm-hmm. what is marketing, and how much time should we be spending on marketing and sales? So this week, I think we had a pretty productive week where we you you created a blog. We have a few posts up now. Uh, I think we're both starting to feel really good about this idea of just saying things and putting them into the world, whether it's these conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what's interesting is just the, my, my takeaway over the last week is just the act of the small act of, of committing. We ended last week's call saying, okay, we'll try and do our best to hop on a call every day and talk through one thing we can do at marketing and just catch up in general. Mm-hmm. And we did that every day this week. Uh, and I think that that by doing that and then by, in addition to that, um, you know, taking a step forward on a blog, it, it's amazing how much in a week something we've wanted to do for a long time has now got some real traction. We've got a nice looking page. It's not perfect, but it's nice looking. We have three good posts. Uh, I think we're both motivated. We're both much more engaged in, in this idea of, starting to tell our story and at least be open to, you know, being vulnerable. And then I think the amazing thing to me has been that generating content that, you know, isn't traditional, which is what I think you rightly have pushed for and not like just, Oh, let's go write, you know, the 10 best ways to grow your meal prep company in 2019. That's gross. You know, instead of, instead of doing that, which no one, yeah, none of our companies are going to read that and be like, oh my God, this is life-changing. If I just go do these 10 things, now I'm going to have a big business. Um, You know, instead of doing that, having, you know, vocalizing some real opinions, I think that leads to like interesting insights about our business. I think that's been one of the biggest takeaways for me is spending two hours this morning writing something that seemingly isn't going to necessarily like, I thought it was interesting. It was interesting to me. Uh, It talks a little bit about the food world and I love food technology where that, like it has some themes that are interesting to me, but they're not really, it's not, it's not relevant in the terms of like transactionally relevant. Uh, it's, it's beneficial for sure. But I think what's interesting about that is it kicks off a flywheel effect. Right. So now I'm excited to go write a support post that will talk about how to, you know, take advantage of some features on our software. And that is very transactional and it should be, it's in our support, you know, documentation. Uh, And so that to me has been like the lesson of the week is that there's unintended consequences, even to doing little making behavioral changes. Mm -hmm. It's been exciting.
0: One of the, yeah, I I agree. One of the funniest things Trump has ever said, I think is when he was talking about exercise and how your body is like a battery, you know, and if you exercise, it depletes the battery. (laughs) and That's why he was high energy. Because he had conserved all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the source of that, but it, it was a thing for a day. Uh, it was that like, and uh, I, I, interestingly, because I've been trying to write every day on my blog, have thought similarly about writing and ideas. It's like, well, I can't put all my best ideas out there the first five posts because then I'm out of ideas. Right. <laughs> I'm depleted. But that's not how it works. You don't it's, have an idea, battery will. Yeah, it, exactly. It's like it's that's the end. But that's not how it works. When you write, you create more ideas. It leads you to other thoughts. That's what I've noticed. And I think that's I mean Louis CK talks about this with his stand up before he was canceled that he would do a special, work on his content for a year, throw it all out and start over. It's a little bit different, but it's like that's scary to think, oh, he's putting his best content out there and then getting rid of it, starting over. All that to say, I think that has been a hurdle for starting a bottle blog. It's been, well, we can rip through our ideas and then what? Or how do we have a stable of a beautiful looking blog? But really what matters is just starting and going from there and trying to write about the things that interest us on
1: a day to day basis cuz you never know where right. it's going to lead. But we have three of us and each of us write two pieces a week. Some of them are going to suck, some of them are going to be great. That's 6 a week, right? I mean that's in a year we're sitting on almost 300 blog posts like. Yeah. That's a ton of content. Like almost so much content that we'd have to say we can't write this much. And I could at this point like we'll see. I could definitely see us each writing one to two a week.
0: Yeah, easy. I would love to add to my daily writing to post something to the bottle blog every day Yeah, if, I mean, even if it's unsustainable, do it for
1: a week and see how I like it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely can see myself going there. It's, it's, there's an yeah. addiction. There's a level of like, I loved my routine this morning. Yeah. I did free flow writing. I have a great app, 750 words.com. She should check out, which is by a guy who this guy, Buster Benson. who's really interesting worth following on Twitter. I think he works at Twitter now, or did. but he started a bunch of cool little businesses. So that's just like, you know, it's basically a text editor and it says you hit 750 words. So I did that. I did my daily journal and then went right into writing and wrote that blog post. Two hours, well, two hours, decent chunk of time in our world. Um, but it felt like it, w- it was such a great way to start the day.
0: hmm I've also, it's taken me 29 and a half now on Remy's birthday, my half birthday, yeah. uh, years to realize that writing is, is like programming. That assumed, that was a stupid comment. That assumes I knew what programming was when I was two years old. <laughs> it's similar in that. Like, let's say
1: 50, over the 15 years or so. Yeah.
0: It's, it's write once, run everywhere. So you can, I've, it's been cool to me thinking about the, just the Google Analytics stats of how much time has been spent on my site over the last month. Thousands and thousands of hours. So well, that's thousands and th- thousands of meeting with Ricks and talking for an hour this morning. Well, I shared stories with him that I've written about and posted on my blog and I did that with a ton of people. That seems like an obvious observation, but it's taken me a long time to realize that. And that's motivating to writing. It truly is like, yeah, it took an hour today, but it only takes one person reading it or enough people reading it that it took you to write it, then you've gotten your time back.
1: That's like You're connected a, with
0: those people. Right.
1: Even though what's interesting is you don't know you've connected
0: with them. I'm oh, they
1: don't they tell you. Them. Yeah. They don't tell you unless they hate you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. for the most part
0: <laughs> yeah that's been true in my experience people go out of their way to tell yeah. you that you suck
1: but when they nod and you know they don't yeah i think the only flip side to that is if you have which i don't know if we have right now if you have comments and like get like an abc type community mm-hmm. that's a pretty powerful positive community he moderates it
0: i maybe we should do that and maybe it would only be for us, but I wanted to comment on your post. Really cheerleadery, Right. And really, like, not value-add would have been like, I love you so much, Andy. Oh, my God, <laughs> you're making comment. <laughs> but I did. I had that urge. I was like, oh, this was cool. Like, I'll write right. a about the bread. No one else would comment, though.
1: So it's not in need of it. But they word. might. I mean, if the tugboat bread guy saw it, he might, right? Like... Right. Or the Calavera people saw like that. They're not going to see it, but if they did, like they might.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, can we comment on our blog? I didn't... Yeah, we can add. I think we have we have to open the template. Right.
1: Can we download the template, template or and, is it or discuss? Uh, I guess is what's called.
0: Yeah, it would be just a copy and paste into the template. Yeah, where okay. we want it to go. Well, no. not not an urgent need. We have no. higher priorities.
1: We do. I think that. I mean, I think that was pretty much all I have for today.
0: Yeah, celebrating the success of one week of content. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Um, excited to keep posting these videos and also see what happens. Yeah. I think the next week, my proposition of goals is to relaunch, revamp, relaunch a simple t- to maintain better splash page that better tells our story. Yeah, that's okay. when we have a better splash page. Like, doesn't need to look better, but it needs to have our story better, and with a link to our blog, and also to get our this podcast thing live and rolling on Indie Hackers. Okay, cool, and wherever else. I think I'm thinking we create a page on the blog that says free refills, and that's where we. That's like the launching point, and we can start posting the video episodes. <laughs> free refills. <laughs> To, <laughs> to the tag and then uh, link from there to the transistor so that if people just want to listen, they can.
1: I'll probably listen to these each like six times. They're actually very valuable. I'm sure, I don't know if podcast people do this or they have someone else edit, but it's actually really interesting to go back and listen to them. I, I think the smart ones,
0: the bigger the headphones, the paid right. your editor
1: is as well. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to get some big headphones. Yeah. Well, um, and we'll be together next week. So I think we're also thinking next week we'll bring Chelsea on. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah, it's, it's funny.
0: I feel like this format works really well. In person, it might be even harder to record. Because we yeah, don't have to have the setup. We don't have a camera.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe you'll interview Chelsea next week.
0: Or we just go in different call rooms.
1: What a solution
0: <laughs> fly to san francisco and sit in different rooms yeah that's
1: actually a good idea that's a great solution uh cool i'm gonna kill the recording